Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha! The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. The host of the Sear Podcast, the Ted Smith, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Uh, top or left corner? Top left corner today. Even though he's in Austin, you guys by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Big one tonight, boys. Big one. I'm feeling like I got in a car accident, which I'll explain why, but we got a big interview tonight, and I'm hyped. Let's go. Might be the biggest interview. It is the biggest interview it's we've had. By right. far. Down in the bottom square, Matt Conver, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Man, it's it's really hot here, but uh, today's been a good one. I've just been excited for this episode. This is, yeah, this is unreal. <laughs> All right, so we are going to have on Red Man today. Yeah. Like, right, Red Man that, like, raps, raps with Method Man, was in How High. I mean, the man's the man's a legend, uh, East Coaster. I kind of forgot that he still lives on the East Coast. As I was texting Scott last night, I was like, 745, and he's like, all right, I'll, I'll let Doc know, 12 or 1045 his time. Ooh. I'm like, cool. So, I mean, in theory, when he when he zooms in, he should just be sitting in his house which I can't wait to talk to him about. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. I, yeah. Wow. This is, this is the biggest episode. This is the biggest interview in the podcast history by far. And that's no, no disrespect to some of the Seahawks we've had on. Yeah, this is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I based, some might say I based a little bit too much of my life on how high and half baked, but I mean, those were just <laughs> like such pivotal movies in my, uh, in my evolution. And so, yeah, this is, this is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I'm so focused. I don't even have sports on in the background voice. <laughs> Damn. That's how you know it. Yeah, dude, that's so ridiculous. So we did this podcast. You just watch sports while we do it. <laughs> I mean, oh, I glance autopilot. Over. I mean, some of it though were were playoff hockey games. So I had to I had to focus yeah. or not focus, but I mean I had to have it on in the background. Or what was that last week? The All Star game was on. The MLS All Star game's on today. They're playing Arsenal, so that's kind of like wouldn't mind seeing the MLS All Stars. Wouldn't mind getting an early look at my Arsenal boys. See how they're doing. <laughs> Dude, that's wild. Do you ever have like sports on your phone or like uh, looking at Twitter and stuff during your main show or no? Or is that like completely off out of the? Oh, well, no, I don't have it on my phone because there's a computer in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true or false, in the wintertime, I've been known to watch a uh, DeMatha basketball game or two. They're on. Oh, my God. Dude, you're watching high school? <laughs> yeah. I just like to check in, see how they're doing. Yeah. I mean, look, we're getting we're a couple months away. Like their first DeMatha's first big Friday game, if they broadcast it on the Internet, like. Oh, I'll have that. I'll have that up during my, you know, I don't have it up the whole time, but like after my segment's over, it's like, see how those stags are doing. <laughs> Ted, I mean, we're close enough for me to know that like, you know, not everyone's life is, is, is perfect. And it's not like your life is without problems, but 
God damn, dude. On behalf of all the guys out there working real ass jobs, you work four hours a day and three of those you're watching sports while you're at work. Like, you son of a bitch. Stop. <laughs> you know, I work more than four hours a day and I'm not just no, watching too, but just, but the just way you God, set it up makes it sound wild. like, oh, I'm just, I'm just in there watching sports. It's like, <laughs> I mean, you got to keep in mind, I do a radio show for a living that I've been doing for that show for 18 years. I've been in the industry for over 20. Like, it's not that hard to have a tab open. I mean, I'm basically looking at a computer all day as is. I just, I would love to see the progression over the years. It like starts like, I'm just going to check on this Super Bowl score real quick. And then, well, I guess it's on Sundays, but you know, like big game NFL. And then it's like, oh, you know, like whatever. And then like we devolve down to like, oh, the cricketing match is getting crazy boys. And like DeMath is down, like DeMath volleyball, you know, just wild. (laughs) I don't think we have a volleyball team. Yeah. Oh, men's. I would doubt you do on the East Coast. I think men's volleyball (laughs) is more of a California thing, but. You, you know what you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and trust me, if there's Monday night football on, like somebody else has that on in the studio. Especially especially if the Seahawks are playing. We just have it on the giant screen out in the uh performance area. Go you gotta go check that. <laughs> Thursday night football. Yeah. You kinda you kinda look at it. Nothing uh nothing too exciting there. All right, Cobb, before Method or Method Jesus, before Redman pops in, do you want to dive into why you feel like crap? Sure. Yeah, it actually is sports related. So I thought like, uh, you know, one of our listeners wrote in and he was like, hey, there's some jujitsu places in Austin if you're thinking about doing it. And today I was feeling good. I was like, you know what? I'll go try out a little jujitsu. Boys, I walked into the wrong bar. So I just decided to go to the one closest to my house without doing any research. That was a huge mistake because it turns out that the one close to my house is home to the Donaher Death Squad. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I wasn't. Turns out they, uh, he, this guy, John Donaher, has trained uh, George St. Pierre and many top, top level MMA guys, many UFC guys. That's That's his home base. So... I walk through the doors and I see him sitting there on the mat teaching a bunch of people. And I was just like, okay, uh, I recognize that person. Uh, so then I'm chatting with this guy. There's like little stands there kind of waiting for our class to start. And I'm, I don't even have a white belt. Okay. What I'm time like, of day. What time of day? 1230 in the afternoon, Ted. 104 okay. degrees right. outside. 104 I degrees outside. That, <laughs> I asked that because like Ivan Salivary, you know, ex-UFC fighter, MMA like legend. He has a gym in Seattle. And he always talks about how, like, the morning there's classes, but, like, as the day goes on, by the time you get to, like, the evening classes, he's like, oh, these guys really want to fight. These are no more, like, just trying it or whatever, trying to work. Like, these are real fighters. (laughs) Yeah, I probably should have gone at 6 (laughs) a.m. I'm as far from a real fighter as it gets. But so um, so I'm just casually chatting with this guy in the bleachers, and he's like, oh, what do you do for a living? And we kind of start talking about my job, whatever. And then um, he wants to follow me on Instagram. So I look at his and I'm like, wow, man, it looks like you do a lot of jujitsu. Turns out he won four world championships in the last <laughs> like five years. <laughs> he won four world championships. So then this beastly guy next to him, who's these guys arms are like literally larger than my quads. They're massive guys. And I have big quads. These guys are massive. So the guy next to him, same thing, two-time world champion. He just won like some American tournament. They both moved there, one from LA, one from Australia, just to train at this gym. So I just walk in off the street and all of a sudden shaking hands with world champions. And boys, I got destroyed. I got absolutely destroyed. And I knew it was going to happen. That would have happened at any gym. 
let alone like one of the greatest gyms, you know, on the planet. And so I feel like I've been in two car accidents today. Um, I got choked out probably nine times, maybe more. I don't really remember. Choked no one out. Didn't even come close. And, uh, you know, it was a humbling day. <laughs> it's tough well, out just there in the streets. <laughs> remember the rule in training, especially as you start. Tap early, tap often. <laughs> yeah, no kid. I didn't really have a choice. Honestly, one of them, I, I don't even know if I tapped. I think he just let me go. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like. This guy's not going to make it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, buddy, uh, you might be out. I'm not really sure, but yeah, it was it was crazy. There was some uh, there were some animals in there. A lot of fun. Also, everyone was really. I should say, everyone was very sweet, super cool, and uh, you know, very friendly for me being a beginner. Did you wrestle at all? Like, do you have any background in grappling? Ted, I'm glad you asked that. One of my only claims to fame in my life, I was a junior high. Uh, conference champion at wrestling and captain of the wrestling team. But junior high is not much. That's ninth grade in the Northwest for people who have middle school. So that's like, what are you in ninth grade? Like 16 or something. So I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) And there's like five schools. Like it's champion of what? Like basically nothing. (laughs) It's like being champion of a neighborhood, dude. I think ninth grade, you're like 14 because I was a freshman. Yeah, that's right. Maybe 15, I'm thinking, because one of my friends had his license and he was a year older, but maybe that was his permit. So, yeah, you might be right. Maybe 14. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. I mean, look, in the other thing is whenever you get involved in any kind of combat sport or anything, the the uh, like the gas tank and the fitness levels just different. Right. Like I know people that box that if they have to go wrestle people, it just zaps their energy like the cardio is different. So it's like you might be in really good shape, but then wrestling or doing jujitsu with somebody, especially when they know how to use their body weight against you, I mean, it just sucks the life out of you. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, water polo is the same way. But yeah, I remember growing up like wrestling was the hardest sport I ever did. And I've done a bunch of different sports, but wrestling really, really zaps you because just think about it. Every single thing you try to do, someone is trying to resist, you know? But yeah, yeah, it was it was ruthless, boys. Absolutely ruthless. <laughs> Are you going to go back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to go back for sure. It was tight. Honestly, I had a lot of fun. I just uh, I was hyping it up for the cast, but the, the, it was legit world champions. And uh, I did not tap a soul. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying hard. And boys, like, you know, like I'm what, 215 pounds. I was a D1 athlete. Like, I know how to use my body. And those guys were just making me look stupid. It was pretty funny. Was it like an introduction class or did you just show no. up like, yeah, I'll do a moderate in- no, intermediate? Uh, they don't really do it that way. It's just like you can come and roll. It was just no gi open. So um, I figured I was just going to get, you know, get the floor wiped with me. But it just works at a good time in my day. And there's no other times that are going to be easier. You know, like it just is what it is. So I was just like, well, you know, yeah, might as well if, just- if you went to a class, it's easier. You show up to open mat. I mean, th- that's just game on. And yeah, well, they they teach for the first 30 minutes and then it's open mat for an hour. So an hour is a long, long time to go, boys. Towards the end, I was just just tapping almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that hot summer just dripping sweat. Bro, you come out of there and it's 104 <laughs> degrees and I ride a scooter. So no AC. So I'm riding the scooter home. I stopped at 7-Eleven, got like a, a fat Slurpee, got in my cold plunge at the house. And yeah, it was... I, I'm done for. I've been laying on the couch since then. <laughs> Hyped for this interview, though. Let's go. <laughs> I know. Well, now I'm getting nervous. Like, oh, man, I thought, I'm pretty sure I told him today. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was he a little? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it, yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Honestly, I'm hyped. <laughs> I, I am. I am excited as well. Uh, so, some other news. I said. I think I sent you guys a picture of me and Sean Kemp on Thursday. Maybe he looked up our podcast and realized he shouldn't be here. <laughs> no, I don't think you sent me a picture of Kemp. Uh, so Thursday, we have Sean Kemp in, and then, uh, which was awesome, right? I've never met Sean Kemp before, but a giant, tall dude. Big, big guy in person. Jesus. Right. So we have Sean Kemp in. Uh, he's he's one of the hosts of the same festival where, that Red Man's working. So we were, we were promoting that. And then Friday, I'm sitting at work. And Miles comes upstairs and he's like, hey, man, James Brown from like CVS Sports and DeMatha. He's like, he's sitting downstairs at that Starbucks. And I'm like, JB is sitting down at the Starbucks right now. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I told him I have a, you know, I know a buddy that went to DeMatha. And he's like, I'll be down here for a few more minutes. So I'm like, oh, no worries. Go downstairs, walk right over. And I'm just like, JB. He's like, what's up? I'm like, <laughs> just like you knew him. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> like Ted Smith, class of 99. And I mean, that guy is so nice, but just speaks so eloquently. And he's like, no kidding. And he starts going. And I said, what are you doing out here? And he's getting on a cruise. It's some like, uh, you know, he's a big, you know, like a lot of the math people, not me so much, are big on religion and stuff. So he's like, yeah, like I'm giving a talk it's like a ministry cruise and this and that and he's like this guy actually i'm lucky to be his buddy he like owns the cruise line so it's like the owner of the cruise line james brown and james brown's wife so we're bsing and he's like actually i'm taking some of it from morgan wooten this and that i'm like all right like cool so after he kind of finishes i go well actually i knew coach like i was a manager my senior year and then i worked at camp and everything and he's like really I'm like, oh, yeah, because there's like levels to the math of stuff. Mm. I'm like, yep, I'm on that inside one. Then I was like, I saw Ponton two weeks ago. And he's like, you saw Tom Ponton? I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, let's let's have let's have a little fun. And he calls Ponton on speakerphone. And then he's like, Tom, I know I'm interrupting you, but this is crazy. I'm in Seattle. There's this Ted Teddy Smith guy with me. Does that name ring a bell? And he's like, yeah, of course, Teddy. It's another broadcaster like you saw a couple weeks ago. And then it, <laughs> oh, what a hookup. Oh, what a hookup. Ponton didn't miss a beat. And like James was already nice, but now he knows, like, oh, this guy's not BSing at all. Wow. <laughs> a broadcaster like you. Yeah. Ponton put on the official DeMatha like Instagram and everything. Two broadcasters, Ted Smith, class of 99, and James Brown, class of 69. <laughs> wow. That's huge. Shout out Ponton for the hookup. God, that guy, bro code is just, wow. He's on point. I even said to James Brown, I go, I, I like that you G checked me, but, you know, my, my, <laughs> my yeah. stuff fans out. Yeah. My credentials are solid, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome dude wow he thought he was gonna catch you in that or what that's wild i mean i think i think more he just wanted to mess with ponton but you could tell he's kind of like oh yeah like this guy didn't miss a beat <laughs> dude that's rad i love that god yeah and i was pumped because like after that then it's like we take a picture and i was like all right well you know good to meet you and he's like oh no Damatha, you know we, we brothers got a hug I was like, "God damn right, we do, JB. <laughs> Let's go, JB." Oh. 
matter are you looking it up right now yeah i fall i now follow dematha on instagram i don't know brian westbrook went there too oh yeah they used to play for the eagles yeah yeah my sophomore year i tried out for varsity football i got like three plays on scout team and as i was getting flattened on my back he ran by and my hand just kind of his ankle just kind of ran through my hand now i didn't make a tackle but that's my claim to fame (laughs) he grazed him dude that's like God, that's first of all, you know, the podcast is not faring well in the sports world today. And uh, also uh, that that's just like really similar to my claim to fame. Like one time the lead singer of Power Man 5000, I was crowd surfing uh, as like a 14 year old. The crowd surged and threw me at him and he pointed at me. That's it. He pointed at me. (laughs) You got to imagine it's scout team, right? There's juniors and seniors. We've gotten to the point of a two a day where they're like, yeah, all right, Smitty, get in there. He can play some scout team. I mean, I'm just touched his ankle. Oh, yeah. I took on a double team like an idiot. Didn't split it. I'm just getting flattened and like stuck up my arm. Like as he ran by his ankle, just brushed my hand and i'm like yep i got a hand on him boys i don't know if everybody saw that <laughs> not a big deal but you know that's awesome dude that's like uh that movie the fighter uh or, you know when he's like talking about how like the guy slipped or maybe he knocked him down sugar ray lewis or whatever you guys remember that no i don't know that i've seen that movie not nah, good movie but yeah it's uh mark Wahlberg. anyway <laughs> oh yeah about mickey ward yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I have I have a Mickey Ward shirt. I'm actually looking at it right right now, sitting on the back of my couch. It's folded and clean, just been sitting on my couch because I didn't spend a minute at home all freaking weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's you know I don't know. All right, so Scott texted me. He should be logging in here soon. It's kind of weird. I never really should get too nervous about uh, podcasting, but like Sean Kemp, I was hyped for, and now I'm like Redman. Like this is dope. Do well in the uh, in the interim, if you want a, a filler story, I do have a Sean Kemp encounter we could talk about. Uh, well, is it will Sean Kemp mind if we tell the story? That's a good question. Um, no, he won't. It actually makes him look like a G. All right, the G that he is. Um, uh, so um, I was at a a bar um on Lower Queen Anne, and for you know a lot of people know he owned a, a bar around the corner. Uh, I think it's no longer there, but I think it was called Oscars or something like that. It was Oscars. Um, I talked yeah. to him about it. That's I yeah. I knew I just wasn't sure if I should say it, so I was giving myself some time. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no, you're all right. Uh so um well now I'm just like now I'm just thinking like a seven foot eight man is listening, you know, and he could crush my skull with his hand. And I have a new respect for killers after today. So um uh anyway, so uh a friend of mine comes into this piano bar and he's like, Hey, Sean Kemp is over at his bar, like, come say what's up. And I was like, Okay, cool, like let's go. And I was hammered, boys. It was it was 12 30. I was in my prime, probably 23, 24, had no idea what was going on. So I walk over there and it turns out had a mutual friend of ours as a bartender there so she sees me say, say hi and you walk into a room you cannot miss sean camp the rain man he is a massive human being did our friend have curly hair uh at the time no uh right. but yeah dark hair um <laughs> really good looking so anyway she she's bartending <laughs> there i don't know if that narrows it down no, I, it's clear. I mean, right. The, the person I'm thinking of is good looking too, but definitely has curly hair. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, you know, I see her, she's like, Hey, da, 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 da. And then my friend who I came over with is kind of blown away that the bartender, she's like, Hey, do you want to meet Sean? And I'm like, 
yeah, sure. That's actually why I came over. So she introduces me, which was cool. I shake his hand. He's got just these massive mitts. It's like a, a bear claw. I honestly, I've, I've never shaked a hand that big. I mean, literally not being facetious. Those hands are so big. Um, and anyway, he goes, Hey, uh, you want to do a, a shot? And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, let's do a shot together, man. Why not? I'll even pay for it. So he orders up two. Or he's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, maker's mark. That's what I was all about at the time. Cause a mutual friend of Ted and mine's loved it. So, uh, the bartender pours two highball glasses, which people who are familiar with the bar is sort of a cocktail glass. It's probably, I don't know, four inches tall and, you know, pretty big around. You could fit a Coke can in it at least halfway up. So big glass. So she pours two of them, uh, you know, and they're, they're three quarters away full. Hey, so about, on. sorry, no worries. I, he's having trouble with the link. All right, go ahead. So you're doing a shot. Yeah. So we're going to do a shot together and I put shot in quotes. So they pour two highball glasses full of makers and I'm like, oh, wow, Sean's going to sit and have a cocktail with me. This is awesome. And of course he just cheers and we did it as a shot four shots. So I couldn't stop and I had to do it too. Well, I mean, that was always uh, kind of the the rub on that place was that if you were in there, he'd, he'd sit down and BS with you and have a cocktail. Yeah, yep. he doesn't do it as a cocktail. He takes it as one there shot, four drinks. Wow. Well, yeah. Red man. Oh, boys. Boys. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Huge. Yes, 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 yes. Fellas, ladies, gentlemen, come back <laughs> to the building. What's good? <laughs> Honestly, dude, we're just sitting here like. I have a normal radio job, but as far as my uh, little my podcast on the side goes, I'm like, you're clearly the biggest guest we've ever had in here on the podcast. Well, I'm glad to bust. I'm glad to bust the podcast cherry. (laughs) 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 Yes. For those listening, rapper, actor, you know him from How High. You also know him from Hands Down, the best episode of Cribs of all time, Red Man. (laughs) Yay. Yes. True or false? That, You're that I. I look, Red Man. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was bragging this weekend about you coming on the cast, and I was like, "Yeah, you gotta have a dollar box." And I only know that because of you. <laughs> hey, listen. Let me tell you guys something. I've been saving a dollar for the last twenty years, and uh, like my dollar box have grown tremendously. Like I make I make it uh I make it uh, uh a priority that seven dollars or more is in my box every week. Like and uh or more. And now I now I look at now I look at the accumulation of all the dollars that I have and I'm proud. Wow. It may it may it may only come to like four thousand dollars, <laughs> but it's still something to look at and cherish and like you know saving a dollar in a box is not only just to do it for fun or show it for mtv it's about discipline and uh and that discipline has of me saving a dollar has opened up more doors for me to be disciplined in if you will um so yeah my dollar box is humongous and i still got the same dollar box the great jordan box because I had the dot my my dollar box on cribs was a, a gray Jordan box. Like I had Jordans in it was gray, and I still have that box. So if anybody <laughs> wants to buy that box, <laughs> up on Red Man Gilla IG on the IG Red Man G I L L A. 
<laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. unreal. Is it true? Do you still have that house? Yes. Yes. Um, one thing about that house is that uh you know, I I, I was supposed to you do that use that house as a real estate investment. Like I was supposed to fix it up and sell it. Cause uh when I bought it, it was I bought it for like 60 G's. Like they had the pipes all ripped out of it, like the people who lived in it before me. Uh they had ripped all the uh copper pipes out and sold it for money and like that. So it was kind of a little hole. And I all fixed right. that up and 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 it's right around the corner, like literally right around the corner from the projects, uh Park Hill, uh not yeah, Park Hill projects where Wu Tang from. Right around from one six oh. And uh I'm still there. I'm still there. Because I kept that place. Believe me, I had a house somewhere else. But I, when I fixed the place up and across the, like, not across the street, but it's like a back area where it's just woods. So I have no neighbors on the other side of me. I only have neighbors on the side of me, not across from me. And I was like, you know what? Let me just keep this place in case shit ever go down and I need it. Because you never can be too uh, sure about this world of the day. You know, you can have your ups and downs. So I always wanted to have a place where I can go in, in case it goes down. And I'm That's still fair. there. Been going down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got Scott in here, too. Scott, uh, we, you helped us get Redman on to uh, promote your festival. Can you tell some people about it? Absolutely. So, um me and Doc have been trying to build this festival for a few years now, find it a home, and uh, really take what we were doing with our TV show, The Dab Roast, to another level and get a bunch of content together with something bigger. And we created the production company, and through working with the Chamber of Commerce of the city of Renton, it took us about eight months to get it to this the mayor's desk. After four attempts on the mayor's desk, he finally approved it so that we can have a a big cannabis-themed festival in downtown Renton, um, responsibly with every kind of uh, vendor out there, all different kinds of really fun daytime activities. It's free all day until 5 o'clock on a free daytime stage with music all day. And then we're selling tickets to a nighttime show with Tech 9 headlining, Prof underneath him, Head PE underneath him, um, Swisher Sleep locally from underneath him, and Sean Kemp will be hosting that whole nighttime party where we just got a World Without Borders charity to write a write-off to a car lot to donate a classic Corvette. And then we got a company to wrap the whole thing, detail the whole thing, put a new sound system in the whole thing. It has super low mileage. It's been sitting for 30 years and it's going to come out in two weeks looking like a show car. And to win it, you just got to buy a show ticket. That's it. Oh, so all I got to do is buy a ticket to see a great show. And then I'm entered into the contest. That seems. Yeah. Easy enough. Out of thirty five hundred tickets, somebody's driving home in a in like a twenty five thousand dollar classic Corvette. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> and it's going to say strange music all over it. They're wrapping the whole thing inside and out. Um, we're going there with Sean and a big crane to video the reveal of the whole car that he gets to give away. And uh, it'll have logos all over it for the festival, for strange music. And uh, some fan of Tech 9 is going to drive away in a, a classic Corvette that is uh, super, super pimped out. 
Oh, yeah. Plus, I like you guys are doing this festival uh, Saturday, August 26th. Like, I mean, look, I go to a lot of shows, but I also like to party. So Saturday night <laughs> show is always right up my alley, man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, it's going to be an awesome event. Um, uh, Red man, Doc, he, he's the one who picked Tech Nine. Yeah, he told me, hey, um, don't you know how to get a hold of Tech Nine? That's who we want to headline our festival. And he's like, I got prof on. Who else can we get? And Hell he helped. Yeah from the top down build the whole lineup and uh this is doc's time to manage the whole stage take care of all of the artists he's there as reggie noble working this as a producer of the whole festival with me um so a lot of people keep asking me is is Redman performing and no on purpose he's there as reggie noble he is producing this festival and uh stepping out of his normal comfort zone and doing something more and uh yeah, that's amazing that that he jumped on here with us in order to um, do something that's bigger. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, is that something you're looking <laughs> as the as you're moving forward? Is that something you're trying to get into, like producing more stuff? I mean, look, I know you produced a ton of tracks, but like producing festivals, is that what next for you? Um, it's it's not just next; it's just another open door. Um. First of all, like me and my boy Scott here, man, like we've been doing business for the last like 15 years plus. And, uh, you know, uh, we always done good business together. And this dad roast entity that Scott created, um, you know, I told him I want to jump aboard because I wanted to uh, bring uh, a, another uh, layer, if you will, to the platform of the dad roast. And we've been killing shit. like the dad roast. uh entity is great um we 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 got shows that we want to do far as you know uh a lot more uh content we want to do for the dad roast before we get it up and running um and then we thought about doing a festival um and i was like that's great because i always wanted to be in the back uh ground of you know doing a festival because i'm an artist and yeah. And I I know what it takes to keep an artist comfortable because I just use what I know to be comfortable at at a festival and how I've been treated. So this gives me an opportunity to learn a stage, um, to learn communication with other, you know, um, employees that's working with us to run a stage. Because I always wanted to run a stage amongst other things I want to do in life. But this was a challenge. And... Of course, I accepted it because I love a challenge. You know, if you're not challenging yourself, you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. Um, but it was it was a, a great opportunity for me to get into something with Scott, not just with the dad rolls, but a festival that will bring a community of people together. And we don't want to just make it in Washington. We want to do it all over the world. So we want to get our feet wet. This is our chance to get our right. feet wet to see how we can bring a festival together, bring people together, most of all, to have a safe, good time and enjoying some real authentic hip-hop. Now, we know a lot of events is going on in in Washington uh, in the month of August, um, which created a, a little challenge as well for us. But I know with the right uh, promotion, with the right word of mouth, with this interview, and thank you guys for having us on, that we could bring in the yeah. crowd that we need, and we only want we only want to pack it with thirty five hundred people. 
That's the only thing we need. So that is our next goal is to really just push this word out that, you know, we got Tech Nine in the building. All right. Tech right. Nine on the shelf. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, Prop, my boy, that's my boy right there. Prop put on a show. Hair PE, Swish Asleep. You know, all these guys are very talented. So if you really want to see some real hip hop, you know, you know, not no commercial, shit, some real hip hop, jump around, have a fun, come fuck with us. The Cantana Fest, because this is the first of many. All right. I got to ask you, just because you're such a legend in the game, like what? And I, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. What, what what do you think about rap nowadays compared to like, let me give you my background. <laughs> I, I grew up College Park, PG County, outside of D.C. So like mid 90s to me is like the quintessential era of rap. I still listen to rap, but like. You know what I mean, like Wu Tang, Big Pac, Nas. Like, what, what do you think about rap nowadays? You know, I, I say the same thing too. I, I always say that the '90s era was one of the most pivotal eras for hip hop, hands down. And I'm not just saying it because I'm from that era. I'm saying that because our our uh, our big brothers and sisters before us, you know. Uh, from Big Daddy Kane, EPMD, Salt and Pepper, um, you know, and the list goes on. They laid down the platform, and even before them, like Grandmaster Flash, Sugar Hill Gang, you know, Grandmaster Cass, and all those guys, they laid it down before them, and and Run DMC, especially LL Cool J, sure. especially all these guys laid down the road for us. We took it and elevated it, and I mean by that is. Early 90s, at the end of the 80s, early 90s, that's where I would say uh, hip-hop was more accepted as a universal language. Because hip-hop is a universal fucking language. Like, it helps so many countries and so many ethnic groups understand each other culture better through music, you know? Music calls the, uh, music calms the savage beast, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think '90s era was one of the most pivotal eras for hip hop. Now, far as the new era, um, here's the thing: like I was, just, I literally was just watching the Dr. Dre interview, and and he's right on in the things he was saying. Like this hip hop shit, uh, is evolution. Everything we do in life uh, that happened in the '90s or the early 2000s, this is the evolution of it. Um, we can't be mad at it because here's the thing. When we came out, there was guys like, who is these guys smoking blunts, wearing Timberlands, and, you know, <laughs> who is these guys just cursing, smoking with their wild hair? We got that same look, too, but see what we did with it. But now it elevated and, and evolved to a more, more business. Uh, I do think that uh, a lot of authenticity is missing because everything kind of sounds the same like in the 90s right. and the 80s and even in the 70s we had names we were superheroes uh uh we had a, a certain quality of sound that you knew it was us for example um when you heard wu-tang you heard rizza beats bottom line when right. you heard uh when you heard the hit squad our squad you heard Eric Sermon behind the beats. When you heard even Cash Money in the early 2000s, you already know who was behind the beat, Manny Fresh. 
So we were superheroes. We were, our name stood out, our music stood out, our character stood out. A lot of these new artists kind of sound the same, have the same look, kind of talk the same shit. But at the end of the day, it's still allowing jobs for our culture. Um, no matter who you are, it's still uh, allowing uh, our culture from black, Hispanic, Asian, don't matter, to come off, even come out of jail or come off the street and make a career for themselves to feed their family. So I can never shit on hip hop the way it is now. The density of it may be lost a little bit, um, but it's still a thriving business and it's still highly respected. And it's still allowing a lot of our people to come out from wherever they are to make a uh, have a uh, make a living for themselves. So far as the music, I ain't gonna say yeah, shit, because there's a lot of good artists that's doing good music. It's just not the masses like we had. Like our our era was the masses. Like from Tupac, Biggie, uh, from Wu Tang, from Nas to Tribe Called Quest. We ruled with the masses of great sounds, uh, but uh, of today is not that authentic. But at the end of the day, I, I applaud all my young brothers and sisters that's doing music. Keep on doing what you're doing. The ones that's doing good music, we recognize, we see y'all. Don't think y'all getting lost in the sauce. Yeah, and I mean, that's like, I mean, every every genre goes through it. I think rap just is the most recent one. So it's a little more obvious. And look, I'm 42. I'm technically what people call an old head now, right? So, I mean, I'm not going to call it whatever rap or whatever, but it does sound different. I'll be honest with you. I'm just, I'm a short, chubby guy. I just don't like everything fitting so tight now. Like, can we go right. back to like baggier clothes? <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> like, I mean, I had a pair of cinnamon Tims, man. They were fresh. <laughs> uh, again cantana fest is uh saturday uh august 26th uh i will say this red man now that you're running the stage you got to make sure you build in two minutes for local radio guys to do an intro for one of your artists you know yeah absolutely like whatever <laughs> whatever anybody needs i'm there like i'm a i'm a i'm a people's person like at the end of the day, festival or no festival, I'm a I'm a people's person, and you know my my job and Scott's job is to really put on for for our culture, for hip hop, for we just wanna we're not this is not something for us to make a quick buck on. Like we're we're not looking to make a quick buck like everybody's doing. We really want to uh, invest our 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 talent and skills and our character to this culture into the cannabis culture as well. We are people, pe we are people persons. So we, we want to help people. We want people to come through and have a good time. That turns us on. When you, when you do what you love, you're not working at the end of the day. So this thing with the Cantana Fest, man, we want to, you know, build something for the people, not for us, but for the people to come through and have a good time and enjoy some good music and smoke some fucking good buds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i uh was gonna say i was at a uh smaller just say a friend's festival this weekend and yeah 
<laughs> the 1 a.m. Uh, the 1 a.m. bowl I broke out. But the next morning, people were like, man, I had to go to sleep after that. I was like, yeah, that, that was the good stuff. That's right. <laughs> uh, tickets. Where do they go to get tickets? Um, the CantanaFestival.com. All right. You can, there's three different uh, items on the Cantana Festival's page. You can choose just to get tickets. You can choose to get a vendor's booth, a craft booth, or even bring your own pop-up. And we have all different prices to make it very affordable if you want to actually come out and show off your wares. If you're an artist or you make something at home, we want everybody to come get involved. So there's all different levels for it that come with different levels of marketing and tickets. So if you want to come to the nighttime show, um, you can come to the nighttime show. And then there's a third thing for add-ons just for extra marketing. Because we've got 14-foot video screens, and you can put different ads up there. You can um, preach or not uh, preach. You can uh, propose to your girlfriend on those screens. Do whatever you want to do. You can buy some ads on those screens during the show. Um, there's a lot of different things that, and fun little bit add-ons that you can look at. And uh, you don't have to be a business owner to, to get some of those cool things. That's right. And That's at awesome. the end of the day, like I said, there's a lot of things going on that month. But we are a good-priced you know, range concert that's going on. So we, 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 we want everyone that's tuned into this podcast right now to spread the word that, you know, we will be in town the 26th. Like, you know, uh, prof will be in town the 26th. You know, all these artists that we mentioned will be in town the 26th. We are going live and we are green light lit. So if you ain't got nothing to do, come with us like serious like come have a good time and enjoy some hip-hop because i'm gonna tell you like this for that corvette i'm going to buy some tickets because <laughs> i, I, I want to win that corvette like look i'm gonna give you an example i event two weeks ago maybe three weeks ago right in in the hamptons in long island and i just had to host this event um and during the event, one of the cannabis dispensaries was was uh, was offering a pound of weed for anybody who bought a joint. If you bought a joint for $5, you get a raffle ticket to get a pound of weed and then a half a pound of weed and a quarter pound of weed and so on, right? And all day on the mic, I said, yo, get your joints, go buy your joints and win that pound of weed. Motherfuckers was just fucking around. They just kept. I said, you know what? I'm gonna go buy five joints. I, I said on the mic, yo, go get that. Go get. When it came time at the end of the event, when they went uh started to uh saying the raffle numbers, my number was the first one up to win that pound of weed. Let's go. And I took that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I got right back on the mic. I said, listen, I told y'all. <laughs> to buy that, buy them tickets because y'all are lessening the chance of me winning. But I bought five joints and one of my tickets was the pound of weed. So I encourage everyone to go get your tickets, have a good time, and have a chance to win a hot Corvette. Come on. <laughs> Problem is in 2023, if it's a if it's a manual, half the people there won't be able to drive it. It's an automatic. <laughs> Oh, it, there it, we it, go. It is oh, oh, everything. Here's kind of a nightmare story. The the car lot's like, okay, it's in Oak Harbor, 
but the keys are all the way in Kent because we got them mixed up with a different uh, Corvette. If you want to go get the keys and bring it all the way to Oak Harbor, then you can take the car because we're going to Vegas tomorrow, so here's your only chance. So I drove all the way to Kent, got the keys, drove them all the way back up to Oak Harbor, and they were the wrong keys. So, oh, my God. Um, so they tell me that, that we did track down where the keys actually are, and they're all the way in Seattle. So we turned around from Oak Harbor, drove all the way to Seattle, and got the right keys, drove all the way back to Oak Harbor, and again, they were the wrong keys. And then well, the wife comes out, and she's like, oh, no, I know where those keys are. They're right here, and she had them the whole time. Oh, my God. Um, so we finally got the car, and in driving the car onto the highway and get to get it back home, it runs out of gas as soon as I get on the highway. And my friend already left, and I sat there for an hour waiting on somebody to bring me some gas for it. But we filled it up with gas, and I got it home, and the beast has a very low mileage on it. It sat for 30 years in a garage. We did a full oil change and tune-up on it. But this engine is – it's an American muscle sports car. This thing is a beast. Damn, that is <laughs> awesome. Uh, so it's uh, Cantana Fest, August 26th. It's a Saturday. Buy a ticket. Daytime free. Come through nighttime if you want to see all the artists. Uh, like you said, Sean Kemp for people locally. You know, legend. He'll be hosting as well. Sean uh, Kemp building like what the like sean kemp is you're gonna go to see sean post anywhere yeah trust me we had him in studio on the other show last week and i was just like i can't believe i'm talking to sean kemp i mean i can't believe i'm talking to red man right now on zoom in my apartment (laughs) (laughs) oh man all right uh scott red man anything else you guys need to plug or want to get out there before we let you go uh, you know what? As for me, I just got that album, Muddy Waters. I want to tell, uh, just let the fans and people know. I know they've been waiting on this album for the longest. Um, I got some things I got to clear up far as on the legal side. So, uh, uh, the album is, uh, done. I'm just waiting to get word on when I can get a date and stuff like that. So, um, and besides that, I'm just, you know, learning, uh, directing, uh, trying to direct movies next year. Like, I'm going more behind the camera. And I want y'all to stay tuned in for the Dad Roast. You know, check out the Dad Roast. If you hear anything about mm-hmm. a roast event in Washington or anywhere, please come through because we be lit. Our parties be lit. Um, but most of all, we need everybody to come down to this canton. <laughs> we need everyone to support. If you love music, you love hip-hop, you love Scott and Red, man, you come down to this canton <laughs> and win that car. Hell, look, if you love the podcast, you got to get down there and support our new friends. Dude, <laughs> Scott's an old friend. I mean, Scott is an old friend. I know we know Scott forever, but Scott was working with Devil's Hunt Me Down back in the day. Scott, I mean, we had a whole caviar gold era with that. I mean, oh, yeah. we, I mean, these are our longtime listeners will, will have seen, remembered Scott's fingerprints all over this podcast. You've been a legend in the Northwest for years and yeah, it's awesome to see this coming together, man. I'm super proud of you and super pumped for this. Well, I, I do appreciate that. I mean, I, I remember being a, uh, a brand new record label, not knowing the proper procedures of what to do. So I was ordering pizzas with, um, demo albums taped on the inside and sending them into the radio station. I was ordering bottles of Jack and send them on air and uh, doing as much as I possibly could to get y'all's attention for years. So, uh, yeah, it, it's cool to be on the podcast as well. That's awesome. Yeah, awesome. 
All right. Well, we can uh, we'll take a break there. We'll let you guys. I know, Redman, you're on the East Coast. We'll let you get back to your night. But hey, take man, a break. we'll be back after this. I appreciate you guys uh, letting us come on and promote. I appreciate everything. And I got to come back on when I drop my album, bro. Oh, done. you Please, are welcome done. every time. Trust me, I got <laughs> I got 20 more questions for you. Like, and I, I mean, again, at 42, you you are such a big part of like I grew up a rap fan. I work at a rock station now, but like you are a massive part of like, you know, high school going early 20s. Like I, I grew up on that stuff. I, I'm Trust me, I got 10 more questions just about Method Man and growing up just even knowing the Wu-Tang Clan. We barely talked but, about how high, man. I know, Matt Matt already was going to rewatch how high. Dude, that was that was a pivotal movie in my life. I mean, you don't we don't need to get into all of it, but yeah, that that set the stage for a lot of fun. Hey, just have me back on, man, when I drop this album, man, or whatever, bro. You know Scott got the number, he got the connect. You know, we appreciate you guys for supporting and I'm here, man, to show the love back. So just keep me posted. I keep you guys posted as well. Hell yeah. Dope. Appreciate it, brother. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, God, I was thinking that's the perfect, perfect plug. <laughs> it is. Well, just buy tickets, but I don't know if he's announced it yet. So I don't want to jump on his uh, take away his thing. But seriously, I'm going to go to that festival. I, like if you're listening to this podcast, come hang out. I don't, you know what? I'll talk to Scott. Maybe I'll set up a little V podcast booth. I don't know what I would. I don't know what I would do other than just sit there and be like, "Yeah, thanks for listening, dude." I know exactly what you would do. All right, hear me, hear me out. It's gonna sound crazy, okay. but right, I actually, I feel like this might work. All right, this is one of those things that either is the greatest idea ever, or Ted, you will hate me for even suggesting it. But we've always talked about how you kind of have like a. Uh, a specific demo of women that you like. Sure. Am I wrong? Okay. Those, the epicenter of those women is Renton, Washington. We've discussed this. You're not <laughs> wrong. What about a Ted Smith kissing booth and you actually end up meeting your long-term wife? It's almost too easy, boys. I like it. How did you meet him? Well, he was running a kissing booth. Yeah. Like I watched a chick? kiss 40 other women. <laughs> <laughs> I got turned on. I was like, this guy's desirable. He's mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid that it just might work. And that's, I feel like that's what's kept this podcast alive, boys. It's it's so stupid it somehow works. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know. It's like, what else they have at that booth? It's like, I don't know. I was up all night, man. I steamed like 10 pounds of shrimp. Come by for a free shrimp and a kiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah shrimp and old bay, light beers, and uh, good a good conversation with a blunt smoking schedule. People can come on in for a <laughs> sesh and jello shots. <laughs> jello shots isn't a bad idea. Uh, real quick, the party I was at this weekend, I was running a bar, which hear me out. I called it Bar Ted instead of Ted Bar. Yeah, yep. Bar Ted. It's a little classier. Thank you. A little more refined. It almost has a European thing to it, except the American version because it's Ted. Yeah, yeah. I hear it was it was Bar Ted and Cascade Lounge. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's see. I feel like that feels classier than what I believe this place was. I didn't go to the festival. I believe it's a woodshed beside our friend's house. Is that accurate? 
Correct. Yeah. It's just yeah, a nice. giant garage. <laughs> and then me and Jesse just had a bar set up. Uh, Sean made a sign. I mean, it was it was pretty good, too. That's awesome. And some other couple made like 50 jello shots and were like, can we just leave them here? And I was like, oh, I push all the product. Like we're oh, making yeah. cocktails every once in a while. Someone be like, can I just get a beer? And I'm like, yeah, man, we got beers, too. And then people kept trying to pay us. So I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't pay us money. <laughs> no, that's not really how it works here. Wait, Ted, you inspired me too. You got that photo I sent you, right? Over the weekend. Yeah. Putting you on the spot. Um, so, you know, with that whole talk of the college world series thing, we made jello shots for a birthday. Oh, they were yeah. a huge hit. I cited you a, co- a couple of people were like, oh man, I haven't really thought about jello shots in a long time. It's like Ted f-ing Smith. You're welcome. <laughs> it's unreal people that like i don't know why if you offer shots and i get it people are like yeah you offer a jello shot people are like yeah all right i'm in oh yeah we had like a lot of like you know in our building it's a real mix there's like you know smoke show 26 year old girls and like a lot of like dads like 54 year old dads who moved back to the city and the dads were feeling the jello shots they <laughs> wouldn't have been down for shots otherwise but the jello shots it just it works with that demo, man. You're right. It kind of pushes people over the edge with it. It looks so innocuous that they're like, oh, like how how bad could it be? Versus like a shot, you know, versus I just did five shots of vodka. Like, I had five jello shots, whatever. <laughs> Great like Trojan horse. <laughs> yeah. If you just bang down five shots of vodka, you have a problem. Five jello shots, that's just Saturday and you're having fun. Yeah, you're just living the dream. Yeah, those <laughs> boys were in bed early though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Mr. Cobb, we got some emails. Yes, sir. Um, okay. Um, greetings, gents. On the note of oh, we were so we were talking about like our our top burgers, if y'all remember. On the note of burgers, the ranch in Bothell and Yakima are good, and so is Easy's in Wenatchee. I will second the ranch. That place hits. I think it's called the Ranch Drive-in. I want to say I I was all born right. in Bothell, but yeah, Ted, you ever been there? I have not fire it's right in the middle of downtown can't miss it it's been there forever um and so it's easy as in wenatchee but for national chains the arby's new wagyu is epic and you can't miss uh miss it if you find a fat burger on the west coast yeah i think they got rid of the one in redmond that was my hitter uh the fourth Cobb, you apparently had a good one i was working oh like the 4th of July. Cobb, you apparently had a good one. I was working. Don't cry for me, though. I spent the day fixing the registers at the Chelan grocery store a block from the lake. It was hot, and it's Chelan, so clothing was optional. And like all the customers, I, too, was wearing mirrored shades. Larpon, the friendly IT guy. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty great, good. What a great email. <laughs> <laughs> the friendly IT guy. It just like makes me think of like he's just like... You know, creeping through the back, like amongst all these wires and servers, then peeking out, you know. I like Just how seeing. he's given his name and past emails where he identifies himself as a friendly IT guy, but not that one. <laughs> like <Yeah>. the anonymous <laughs> friendly IT guy. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to shout out to Mirrored Shades too. Whoever invented those should be a billionaire. <laughs> the yoga pants guy is Chip uh Chip Wilson, the Lululemon guy. So I think Mirrored Shades guy. You know, it's right up there in the Pantheon. Ahoy, gents. I can't say that I expected a Thomas Sowell drop, but as an econ major in school, I definitely had a bit too much excitement for it. That's why you guys are the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. land. 
You can go from sports, barbecue, conspiracy theories to philosophy. Uh, some of the best days of my life were watching college football and having sex. Ted Smith, the Ted Smith. And I'm just going to let that be. I'm just going to let that be it. Cheers, boys. <laughs> it is the truth, man. I think I think I even uttered that phrase of the day on the men's room. Like I looked at it, I was like, ah, like, you know what I mean? Because like with commercial, like we just don't have time sometimes to dive dive deep. I was like, just just let it go. It just is. It's the best. Oh, that's right. We're talking about whether or not you want to have sex watching football. And they were like, oh, I like football so much. I'm like, not now. Sex and football during the same day. That that's a that's a great A day. Yeah. Ten out of ten. I uh um IT guy, I just read your second email and that's awesome. I'm I'm not gonna do it on air, but I'll tell the boys. <laughs> Very cool. Um okay. Uh <laughs> burger blasphemy. Oh wow, this is a long one from an attorney, Carson the lawyer. Uh God, this might might be too long. Hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look through our other ones real quick. Uh them burgers. Salutations to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. You guys nailed it on the mid-tier burgers. Nostalgia is the second best seasoning behind hunger. Dude, I always love Yeah. That's uh, a good call. I grew up in Rochester, Washington, about 10 miles away from the northernmost burgerville in the world. It's in Centralia. I have huge nostalgia for that restaurant and their 50s diner design and the awesome jukebox they had. But I'll be honest, their burgers are about the same as In-N-Out, Dick's, etc., I'll contend that their seasonal milkshakes, especially the fall blackberry one, that's what I was talking about, are unparalleled. And the shake changes every six-ish week, and they're all gr- six-ish weeks, and they're all great. I still drop in for one every time I'm down that far south. Also, on the giant burger tip, look up Tugboat Annie's in Olympia. They have the Barge Burger. It's 10 inches across, and I've never been daring enough to order it. My community college would always take the exchange students from Japan there to get one, and it blew their minds. <laughs> That's so <laughs> rad, dude. Welcome to America. I don't know why I love that. Let's party. It's, yeah, it's it's just, now you have to believe me. That's such like a big f*** you. <laughs> it's like, this is America. <laughs> That's like such a Texas thing, dude. That's awesome. Uh, lastly, for the cop topic, I recently heard the quote, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. According to the internet, it's a paraphrase of Voltaire. Anyway, uh, point being that something not being perfect isn't a reason to just give up and do nothing. I think it's important on things like tackling like carbon emissions, reducing atmospheric carbon. Uh, just because something isn't a solve everything solution doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. Better to be making our way to the finish line than sitting at the start waiting for someone to teleport us there. Cheers, Chris. Yeah, that's a good call. And Yeah, do that with eating healthy. I was going to say... Uh, the old principal to Matha, he used to always say, he would never say this to you when you were there. Once you graduate, he'd be like, you know what? C students run the world. Like You're always going to need those guys in those AP classes to go have like those jobs. And he was like, the C students, at a, you know, especially at a school like that. He's like, they're, they're running everything. Ah, I don't disagree. Um, yeah, and it is getting easy to get caught up in like the perfection and comparison and stuff instead of just getting started. So I agree with that. Voltaire. Damn, I didn't know that. Gents, first of all, greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. Boys, people keep saying that. I'm starting to believe it. We got Red Man <laughs> on this pitch, dude. <laughs> Hyping <Yeah>. me up. <laughs> uh, oh, these are my favorite emails. Been listening for a long time, but first time emailing. 
Nice. I don't know why, but that always gets me. It's just like I've listened to you guys for five years and I decided to actually say hi. Um, on the cop topic of what is a quote I live by, a mentor and a good friend once told me, if you wait to be fed, you're going to starve to death. The intent is you have to stay hungry and motivated and learn to enrich yourself or else you will get left in the dust. I embrace this and have done very well for myself in my perspective. Keep up the good work. Love you all. Cheers. Very respectfully, Brody, a.k.a. The Crazy Eight. Oh, Crazy Eight. I like it. Uh, the other one I always liked was I had a buddy. We used to always say closed mouth never gets fed. It's like, look, if just ask. The worst case scenario is somebody's just going to say no. Yeah, that's true. Dude, I feel like crazy. I could see Crazy Eight and uh, Miami Jake driving in a Lamborghini somewhere. Yeah, I mean, look, when I hear Crazy Eight, I just think about Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, I was. Yeah, it made me think of cocaine. And I feel like the words Miami Jake make me think of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it's all speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, fast cars, and loose women, boys. <laughs> Miami. Um, hey, fellas, big ups to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. In response to the latest cop topic about a quote we live by, my response is something I read in a Ralph Waldo Emerson poem back in high school. I normally don't care for poetry, but this one line has always stuck with me. Imitation is suicide. To me, that single line says so much and has encouraged me to always try and be my own person. Cheers. Mikey Dubs. Yeah, that's fair. And you got you to be who you are. I think you can take pointers from people without trying to intimidate them. Not intimidate them. Uh, uh, imitate? Imitate them. Yeah. Yeah. Imitate and intimidate. Elevate and educate. Uh, that's it. We're good. All right. Oh, wait, no, right. no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We had the long one. Uh, uh, Carson, burger blasphemy. I'll try to go quick. Ted, just hold up your hand if you want me to stop, if you want to make any commentary. Or same with me, Matt. Uh, gentlemen. Cobb has mocked the burger gods that shall taste their animal-style fury. The innate variety of human preference, with flavor particularly subjective, means one could legitimately prefer a different burger over In-N-Out. To claim, however, that In-N-Out is a mediocre burger is catastrophically sacrilegious. I proactively apologize for length of this email, but it will take a couple paragraphs to adequately set Cobb straight. Recall, please, that beyond regular burger eating, my not-wife and I do... What does that mean? Uh, And I do at least one burger tour, sometimes two, annually. Each time, we try four burger places uh, to maintain a modicum of objectivity. At each place, we try the house burger. No-cost options like a special sauce are permitted. Pay to add extras like fried egg are not. Each time, we end up in and out with a double-double animal style as a control sample. Each time, in and out is the undisputed winner. In the five-plus years of doing burger tours, only one place has been able to compete with in and out Peter's Gourmand. Gourmet in Tustin, Orange County, but it was a mom and pop single location outfit, so not really fair to compare to a large, a fairly large chain. Having made a genuine multi-year effort to compare a wide variety of burger joints and assess quality with it, with at least a veneer of impartiality, in and out's relentless victory seems to come down to consistently delivering on two critical variables, neither of which any other burger chain can cru- truthfully claim to match. One, the quality of the ingredients, and two, the quality of the preparation. in and outs near complete vertical integration of their ingredient supply chain. Blah, 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 da, da. <laughs> uh, He lost me. Uh, their extremely limited menu, functionally just three items, burgers, fries, and shake, means the company knows exactly how to prepare each of those items 
perfectly every time. It also means employees only need to learn three recipes instead of dozens. I agree. That's what we do at the popcorn shop. So it's actually practical for every employee to know how to make everything perfectly every time. As a Seattle legend once said, the separation is in the preparation. I agree their fries are hot garbage. Just not as garbage as Cobb's take on their burger. Larp on, Carson the lawyer. <laughs> Carson, that's fair. That's fair. Tell you what, I don't know who said it, but saw a video of maybe somebody who said it today. I think he's going to have a good year this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially if we get that kissing booth going. <laughs> Ladies of Redmond, or Renton, <laughs> send upon us. Yeah. You say Renton like Renton? No, but I know people. You. Yeah, 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 exactly. If you're from Renton and you call it Renton, yeah. We, I got a kissing booth for you to check out. <laughs> Honestly, there are some beautiful women in Renton. I, uh, yeah. All right, let's check in with what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's happening? Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's happening? Check out what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's happening? Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's happening? Check out with what's happening. Yeah, uh, that was so much fun with Red Man. I mean, uh, awesome. it kind of. I was sitting there like also, yeah, I was agreeing with Carson's email, but the just I was like as you were winding down the emails, I was like, I can't even remember anything before that Red Man interview. Like that was so sick. Um <laughs> I'm so excited to go edit it. I'm gonna be a little busy with that. And then other than that, this weekend was pretty chill. Um kind of hung out uh played some golf i guess neither one of those was on the weekend but man it's just it's a great course that i work at i love golf uh i've been today i played in a skins game with a bunch of people that are like way better than me that work there because they're all like real like lifetime golf rats and i'm like kind of newer but it was a skins game so you only get points if you get a birdie or an eagle so i got to like it didn't matter if i got a par bogey double triple it's like you get a birdie and you got a chance and so i was just playing like balls to the wall super aggressive golf all day and it was just a ton of fun so that's literally all i can remember about what's happened since last time i saw you guys because like we just had red man on like that's what this is all about <laughs> go it's boys the cantana fest uh that guy was awesome it's so cool that such a legend like that is producing an event for you to enjoy in your hometown. Obviously we have a pretty green friendly audience. So uh, I got to assume it fits for most people. And tech nine is one of the few rappers of the last 15, 20 years that I've been like, yep, that guy's legit. Uh, I'm not a big rap guy. So my opinion may not mean much, but I'm also I love that 90s era, you know, and I, I've just been so infatuated with rock for so many years that it's like, yeah, I don't keep up with hip hop, really. But Tech 9 has like consistently been something that, you know, for a lot of years, I just kept hearing about them. People were like, Matt, I know you don't listen to rap anymore, but check out Tech 9. Uh, so that's that's just an awesome event. Uh, Scott's a longtime homie that, yeah, I mean... You know, like down here, I smoke a decent amount of infused joints. It's like 
dude, Scott basically started that with the cabbie cones. Like that guy's a legend in my world. And so <laughs> seeing him and Redman in here talking about putting that event on, like that's just that just, you know, kidnapped my mind. And so I'm sorry if this is a boring segment, but go get your tickets to that festival and I'm excited for Redman to come back home for his new album. When he said that, I was like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? We're I know. I know. Well, that's something serious. Too. Yeah. And like, yeah, he was just nice and cool. Like that, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm so pumped on that. So thank you boys for, you know, being a highlight of my week, all these years and the consistency that got us to the point where Redman just popped on here while we're all just sitting around our computers and like, oh that's so cool um so yeah that's what's what's mattening right now uh this is red man was just on this podcast (laughs) i like it well i'll tell you what you know what red man's favorite segment of the podcast is topic topic i'm sure it would be it would be heck nana baby um okay so this one is just you know i don't know the, the cop topics are always like, inspired by minor frustrations in my life or things that i enjoy whatever uh what and you know i don't have a crazy setup for you but what i will say is for some reason i was chatting with my dad on the phone yesterday and he was complaining about his cell phone bill as old men tend to and i was just like you know i have this freaking bill from uh or he was saying he he's thinking about canceling cable at his house. Um, and so I was like, yeah, you know, I can't cancel cable. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I pay $120 a month for cable TV that I never watch. I've tried to get out of it, but in the building we live in, you have to have this service. That's not including internet or whatever. It's just cable TV. You're required to have it. And I was like, this is the biggest BS I've ever heard. I guess it's a, you know, I don't know. So Anyway, um, it's frustrating and it's, uh, I actually can't remember which, uh, I believe it's through AT&T. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah. Cut so deals with buildings. I, Ted, honestly, that whole segment, I was trying to remember who you were sponsored by. <laughs> Xfinity. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is I have not Xfinity. Ex- but I lived in a building where I couldn't get it in Belltown for years because- yeah. Sometimes when they build new buildings, other people will come in and it's like, you got to sign this contract. You can only have ours and everybody has to have it. That's exactly that's exactly what ours is. And so and, and we're required to have it, which blows my mind because so now, if, you know, I've lived here for two years, I paid twenty four hundred dollars for TV that I don't watch. So anyway, it just annoyed me. So the cop topic this week is maybe a little evil. Maybe I'm embracing my dark side. I don't know. But, uh, you know, embracing the shadow as uh uh, as Freud was big on, uh, if you could bankrupt one person or company, who would it be? Feel free to email us literally the word email at the podcast.com. Surprise, surprise. I'll le- read it on air. We'll have a good laugh about it. Um, I don't know. I'd love to hear from you. Honestly, people just send in some interesting <laughs> emails and makes the segment more fun. So if you could bankrupt one person or company, who would it be? Mine obviously is my current cable provider boys. Oi. I'll be dead honest with you, given my line of work. I have some ideas, but I'm not going to say them. <laughs> <laughs> Think of something less less sinister then. Uh, man, that's a tough question because it's hard not to just think of like all the giant 
Core, I, I think my main thing is, I don't know if there's one company, I would just go back to the mid-90s and not have deregulation. Yeah. So, like, you couldn't just, like, nowadays, they're like, it's not a monopoly. It's like, well, there's only two options. Like, yeah, there's regulatory mind, capture. Right. It's right. It's like, all right, we can not, we can use different words. So, I mean, that's, that's the big thing. There's no one company I hate. I hate not having options. And again, I got to be careful because I'm thinking of something specific, but just like, mm. yeah, that's not really fair to the average person. So your boy, Bill Clinton did you dirty. He deregulated oh. the energy markets. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of stuff. Like as a Democrat, you're never supposed to say anything bad about, you know, it was like, oh, Bill Clinton was so great. Like, oh, there's a ton of stuff I don't like about Bill Clinton's administration. <laughs> Yeah, I would say the same thing about every single president during my lifetime. Like, there's been some things I like and some things that I don't. I don't. I reject the notion that you just have to wholesale be into one person or a party. I think it's issue by issue, you know? Correct. Yeah. Could yeah, I wipe out like a whole Willie. industry? Could I bankrupt a whole industry? Or does it have to be? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, you can. On this podcast, it's the greatest podcast in all the land, dude. <laughs> let's get rid of insurance. Whole thing's kind of a scam. Like we could do we if insurance didn't exist, we would like we would have better alternatives developed by now. Um, And when you Bill Burr made this point, I just think banks are a little bit more integral to society. Uh, But if you go to any city and you look at like the skyscrapers, you know, these giant like who built all those it's always insurance companies and banks and they sponsor these giant stadiums. And it's like, where is all this money coming from? Aren't you supposed to be giving it back to me when I need it? So I can pay for my car or my doctor or whatever. Like is I'm just calling it. Like I see it. There's insane profits happening somewhere in that, in that scam that I don't understand. But if we just, I'd be excited to see what took insurance's place. If we just got rid of that. Everyone views Warren Buffett as like this, you know, fuzzy grandfather figure, but dude owns the biggest insurance company in the country and the biggest reinsurance company in the country. And like they ain't all making all that money for nothing. They're you know? scams. <laughs> I think yeah. again, I don't understand it well enough to be like hundred percent on that claim, but strong beliefs loosely held. And you got to have it. Yeah, the, yeah <laughs> exactly. You're re- you're regulated to have it. And, you know, their whole goal is to take in as much money as possible to make as much money on it in the meantime, and then to give you back as little as possible. So just think I about should... how those incentives play out over time. Yeah, it's like now, like our insurance, it's like you got to pay for a physical. It's like this is preventive. This is the smart thing. Oh, yeah. Hey, if we want to, you know what I mean? Like if I didn't get those by the time I end up in the ER, like the doctor can't do much. How are we ending up with hospital bills when we have insurance to cover hospital bills? Yeah, it's insane. It's absolute insanity. And then you see the rate charged by the hospitals on some of these things. It's wild, boys. When when my car got broken into when I was working overnights in the city, like I called the insurance company because I was like, hey, I've given you a bunch of money. I need my window fixed. And they're like, that'll raise your rates. I'm like, I didn't hit anyone or anything. They're like, but you used us so your rates will go up like get out of here dude we don't need you we'll figure it out ourselves they got america living in fear man it's crazy we're back to the conspiracy theories boys (laughs) i don't even know if that's conspiracy (laughs) yeah seriously it's too (laughs) god damn it ted i know jesus Uh, oh all right look up uh antanafest.com just google it 
I gotta hang on. Let me let me look up the actual spelling because I'm a bad speller myself. C a n t a n n a. Say it again, Matt. C a n t a n n a. Fest. Come kiss Ted and smoke some weed. <laughs> Say hi to Sean Kemp. Maybe maybe see Redman. I don't know. I, I think I feel like you have a good chance of running into Redman, and just because he's like so down to earth and oh, hyped yeah. about this festival, like um, you know he'll have stuff to do. But you know he'll. I think he'll be super stoked um, to actually like be in, you know to to get to witness it you know in person. So. Yeah, that just sounds like an awesome time. I was, I, I might look at plane tickets while I'm editing the 31 swears that I caught. I'm going to just have to <laughs> listen all the way through, boys. <laughs> I was going to say, it would help the podcast booth if I wasn't the only one there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and that's, an, that's enough sl- head, head start. Maybe we could slang some popcorn. <laughs> Dude. Dude, actually, uh, if you want to bring, if you do end up doing a booth, you want to bring a bunch free with you. Uh, I got you. You can drop by and grab a ton from my guys. No problem. All right, awesome. Hmm. Well, everybody, look up that fest. Uh, seriously, again, he's not here, but Redman, thanks so much, Scott. That was that was awesome. Biggest star yeah. we've had on here, and he was great. Uh, we're back on next week. Yeah, yeah, boy. All right. <laughs> for MCTP for Cobb, I'm the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers.